1: to another episode of the Nina Cowser show um I don't know what to say um Liverpool uh, like to leave things right down to the last day oh gosh needed to at least get a draw I would have been happily happily been speaking about a draw today and been secure with that result but here we are we lost to Chelsea 1-0 was the final score oh frustrating disappointing but you know what I hope we can provide some kind of therapy but don't hold your breath but I've got two awesome guests and uh, a great caller for you so sit back and try and relax and let's kick off with this show. I am joined by, it's been ages since I've been podcasting with this guy, it's the soothing tones of Mr John Buskell, host of the In Focus podcast. Welcome to the show John.
0: Thank you very much Nina, nice to be on the show.
1: You know what? I have a little chart of um uh, contributors that come on this show, and now I have like results against them. I don't. Th- I think it's been ages. Actually, I don't even think you have actually discussed a win.
0: Uh, no, I. I have to admit, <laughs> I. I said, I said to Gags the other the other week, I haven't been on a show all season apart from the ones where I'd been hosting things, and I would love to talk about the side. And then I realised as soon as he said, "Oh, come on, it's against against Chelsea," I thought, "Oh no." We have a, I hope I haven't jinxed it. I jinxed it, Nina. It was me.
1: You know what? I can't blame you for the sloppy passing and all that, which we will get into in the show. But John, it's great to have you on. And you know what? You're going to provide me some therapy. And joining John, I have somebody that's done a fair few call-ins with myself. It's Adam Petruccioni, a writer and a podcaster for Unfield Index. You've probably read his work on Unfield Index and heard him on the Writer's Podcast. Welcome to the show, Adam.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Nina. How are you doing? I hope my uh, associated results have been okay.
1: Yeah, you, you've actually not been too bad, but John John's record sticks out like a sore thumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, you know what? There's plenty to talk about, but we do have a caller, so I'm going to bring him in straight away. He's a bit of a favorite on the Nina Carter show. The, the listeners certainly love to hear from him. I hope he gives me some form of consolation. I had the pleasure of meeting him quite recently when when we played Roma at Anfield. It's Mr. Cressy Davis, AI Pro subscriber. Welcome to the show, Cressy.
3: Good evening, Nina. Thank you for having me. Um, I must say that you're more, more beautiful than I thought in person. And, um, and Gags is a little taller than I thought. So it's always <laughs> <hour>. great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, too funny. I didn't pay him to say that, by the way. Questy, you know what? You are like an optimistic guy. I want to know your thoughts and feelings on that game because surely you must have been frustrated too, like every Liverpool fan. Very,
3: very frustrated, very Mm. frustrated. But I would say that if we take out Chelsea's goal, it looked to me like it was set up for the perfect smash and grab and leave scenario. I felt like, We played the away game tactically quite well. uh, You mentioned some misplaced passes. Yeah, we had all of those. You expect that against Chelsea. And Chelsea's the way they're set up, we're never going to blitz them like we would Aroma or some other team trying to play it out from the back. Uh, So I expected it to be 1-0, 2-1, 2-0 to Liverpool, that sort of thing. I thought the performance was commensurate with that. I thought everything was set up nicely. We just didn't execute at the front. Um, the little opportunities we got, we were just not on it. And that was it. it. It reminded me so much of some of our performances from earlier in the season Uh when we drew a slew of games. And, you know, it says to me that's where we lost the season. This season, in terms of the league, we've lost out because we simply a few times just didn't perform up front, and when we do perform, we score four and five. But I would love to take some of those goals and put them against West Brom recently, against Everton, mm. against against uh, Watford in our first game of the season. Just, just you know, these all of these games we did well enough to win comfortably, mm. and we just didn't against Chelsea at home when William just I mean two twice now they've scored an absolute prayer. It could only have been divine intervention. Those two goals. <laughs> that's the bit that has frustrated me. But the performance, if you look at it again, I'm sure gods will dissect it with a five-tooth comb. The performance was quite decent. Away from home, against the top side, was good. But anyhow, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I, normally I have a question, don't I? I've noticed something with Karius. I've noticed that he, Picks up very quickly the shots that he can save and the ones he can't. Um, For instance, Nangalan's belter uh, in Rome. Clearly, he couldn't save that, so he didn't dive. Today, that header was really well placed. It looped over carrier. He had no chance of saving it. Again, he didn't dive. The problem with that is that there are some uninformed fans who will always believe if you dive, you have a chance. And if you dive, people can see how far away from you it is, you know. If you stand up, people might think, oh, it was reachable and so on. I wanted to know what our panelists think about that tendency. His performance, again, in my mind, was fine. But that tendency not to dive, to pick up quickly, oh, it's in the corner. Let me stand up and watch it. What do you think?
1: Really, really good and interesting question right there. And um, John, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this because I... I think again there's a lot there's always a fume when it comes to keepers. You kinda think well you're in you're in between the sticks, you should be diving at everything. You should be trying to at least make the effort to save. But it's a non fact that a goalkeeper knows when he's beaten, soon as most of the time when the ball's pretty much left a player's hand and a player's foot and he knows that he can't virtually save that shot. So where do you sit on this on this debate?
0: Um I think it's it's a great question. Um Karius, to my mind has a really strong sense of uh spatiality he he really seems yeah. to know where he is in the box um you can see that by the the confidence in his body language he carries himself you know he's he, he's he's got his you know his chest sort of you know uh stand up straight chest puffed out he's a comfort he's, he, he oozes confidence and and when he moves around the box he skips around um and It's almost like with the penalties as well to, when he's faced penalties, he's had some criticism for, you know, not looking like he was trying to make a save. And actually, I think it was just purely that he was totally beaten. Um, he's, he's got a good sense of, a a good sense of space because also he comes for the ball so well. I don't really feel that he's missing things. So, so certainly I would, I'm, I'm, I'm of the, the view that Cadius, is oozing confidence. He is a different player to the player we we first saw when he started at Anfield. He has, he's got helped Liverpool get to the the final of the Champions League, and he's a confident young man, and it shows. And I think he'll, in the same way that Van Dyke, like the other night, sort of said, "Well, you know, who cares about the mistakes because we were in the final." I think Arias is a, a, a keeper who'll say, "Well, you know, I'll 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 give a hundred percent." When I can give, you know, when, when there's something to save, when he's beaten, he'll hold his hand up and go on to the next thing. And I think that's the, the really interesting thing about him psychologically within the whole context of this is that he's, he's a keeper that doesn't seem to, um, uh, dwell on his errors, which he initially did when he came into the side, because I think mm. he was, you know, the younger player. So all wrapped up in that, I think he's prepared to, you know, take uh, the goal goes in he, if it's beaten he's not going to get to it he's he's not going to get to it and he'll move on he he compartmentalizes so i'm i'm very pro he's really really come out battling for me
3: much like a prayer of serenity isn't it
0: yeah
3: um you know you, you 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 manage the things that you can and the things that you can do nothing about you leave them you fuck alone
0: yeah exactly
3: <laughs>
1: Absolutely, and Adam, I'm going to come in, uh, come over to you, and let you weigh in on the, on the Carryusum topic. What are your thoughts about him? Because I think both um Cressy and John have made some really really good points, and I love the point that John made about the fact that match sharpness, match fitness, the fact that he's been playing week in week out, his confidence is growing, and he's able to make those calculated judgments regarding is. You know, um, do I dive here? What call do I make here? Et cetera, et cetera. So I want to get your thoughts on, on Karius' performance because I think consistently he's been pretty decent.
2: Yeah, you know, after after Wednesday night against Roma, uh, Cybrun just said on the under-pressure pod that Carrius was his man of the match. Uh, I wrote the same thing on my post-match ratings. Uh, for me, he's been one of the most composed and sort of up-for-it performers down the stretch here for Liverpool. <laughs> I have a tiny concern uh, with him as far as the way that he defends set pieces, uh, just because of who our opponent is going to be in the final. But he's a huge reason that we're going to be in the final in the first place. So you know, you just you take what you can get with him. He's vastly improved from season to season for us. He's become the player that I think we hope that we are getting uh, from Mainz, and. Who knows where he can go from here? He has people doubting whether we should spend the money on Allison or Oblack at this point, and that's a massive compliment <laughs> to, to any goalkeeper. So, you know, if you're looking for, if you're searching for somebody to blame on the pitch, I'd, he'd be one of the last people that I'd go to. I think he's been so proactive and uh, has really taken control of the area, even you know, dare I say, more so than uh, than Van Dyke in and, and recent weeks. So, um, yeah, I have no problem with those performances.
1: No, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I mean, guys, whilst the quest is here, um, I, uh, I'd let you um, have the final thought.
3: Yeah, so <clears throat> we don't do things easily. We take the hard route. Um, and while one can never predict the result, Ala today, where I thought we were much the better team and control the game, but a fluke deflection caused the goal. We cannot predict the result against Brighton. Um, not completely. We expect that we will out hustle, out play them, and we expect that you know the guys up front will finish. That is our hope. We have two chances to get into the Champions League, so let's let's go for both. You know, let's go for the first one and beat Real Madrid as well. Um, it's like a game,
1: isn't it? Your lives yes, we, we've, we've lost yes, a life today. We've got two we've left. We've
3: lost a life today. Exactly. <laughs> uh but what I, I, I've i said this every time I've come on the program. Uh, all my life I've been drawn to teams that play a certain way and have a certain attitude and uh, I there's no city in Liverpool but in, in England by the way that is uh, is It's as much like Jamaica as Liverpool. I mean, uh, it's it's amazing. If you change the the complexion of the guys, it would be right in Jamaica. And the attitude of this Liverpool team and the way we play and the excitement, I'm still happy. I'm a very happy man overall. I just need a result. No, that's
1: all. Absolutely, Chrissy. Chrissy, whilst you're here, um, I'm you are the only caller, so I'm going to make the most of you. Uh, of <laughs> naturally, <laughs> um, you, you made some really interesting points before, and you know, you spoke about, you know, it was, you know, set up to be like a smash and grab for Liverpool. We were kind of unlucky with us, um, sort of um, conceding that freak goal, which happens all so much for Liverpool. Uh, I want to get whilst you're here, I want a discussion going between yourself, John, and Adam as well, and I want to discuss the fact that. I think it's also worth noting as well that Liverpool are actually absolutely pants when it comes to um um like a midweek Champions League game. I've I've noticed the pattern now. I think we definitely yep. look tired and we look fatigued and I think that was really, really evident with some of the passing that was going on today. So guys, um please um discuss this. Uh Questi, I'll come to you. I wanna get your thoughts on this.
3: Yes, well, you know, our squad is a bit stretched right now and, and it's unfortunate. I think for instance, uh, I've not got a chance to say this, but Danny Ings and Solanke, Solanke after a second preseason, Danny Ings after first proper preseason, will be different players next season. You see, one of the things I've done is that I've watched the Under-23 team a lot. So I have a lot of respect for Harry Wilson, who hopefully will come back. I have a lot of respect for Danny Ings. If we get Danny Ings properly fit and sharp, we'll be fine. So the future, I think, will take care of itself. Right now, we are stretched. People are going to be tired. I wish Klopp would just sort of make three changes in the first 15 minutes of the second half, put on Ben Woodburn, give them a chance because our guys are flagging. And I thought, of all the games we've watched recently, West Brom, Roma away, Stoke, and this one. This is the one where, despite our guys being tired, we put out the best effort later on in the game. And yes, there were mistakes, but there were fewer mistakes than, say, in Rome towards the end. Um, So, so they did everything right tonight except the big thing, which is stick that ball in the back of the net. And hopefully it's what, three weeks, almost three weeks to the final, hopefully we'll get some players back. You know, somebody like Emre Can, if he can give us half an hour in the final, it would be great.
1: Excellent point there. And uh, Adam, I'm going to come to you on that one. I think, you know, there was definitely, there was definite deficiencies. I mean, it was showing on the bench as well. I think we really, really do need uh, like the likes of Adam Lalana and Emre Can, you know, kind of fit and ready just to kind of, relieve some of that pressure off the midfield. You know, today we had a you know, young Trent playing in midfield, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there was a lot of tinkering done.
2: Right. Yeah, for me, as far as the apparent fatigue that we're seeing, it sort of reminds me of playing a game of uh, FIFA where you get to the end of the match and you want to make a substitution, but you look at the choices and uh, you're stuck with either uh worn out guys with a like a ninety rating or the guys with like a seventy rating that you could bring in who are fresh and that's not a fantastic not a fantastic decision to be left with and you know in a video game I'm not sure what the ratings of like Solanke and uh <laughs> things would be maybe 70 is being generous. I don't know. But um that's where we're at right now. You know, it's like we, you want to hit the boost button but it just doesn't do anything like it did in the beginning of the game. Uh that's just that's just where we're at. As far as the substitutes I thought it was pretty ingenious the way that Clout put it together. I mean for a situation where we're just razor thin in terms of depth, I think he set it up in kind of a an interesting way in terms of you know, you you start out with Trent in midfield and then you sub him out, put him a right back, then you sub out what did he do? He subbed out uh Klein, and then you shift Milner over to left back, and then you sub out Milner, and then you put Moreno in. I mean, our only depth is at fullback, so <laughs> that's kind of what he's left with at this point. So uh, I don't know. I think he's doing the best he can with what the situation is, and you can't just say, you know, we're going to take this game off. He just keeps, you know, if we had gotten a result against uh, Stoke or West Brom, we wouldn't have needed this one. As much at least today uh, against Chelsea, so uh, <laughs> you know I'm just what I'm hoping is, is this is not like a you know it has a bit of an echo of 1314 where at the end Suarez just wasn't able to give us what he what he had given us throughout the beginning of the season and I, I hope that you're not seeing that with Mo and some of these other players that we really need to come through for us. I mean we've got we've got two matches left. It it seems like. It seems like the team. It's either they're fatigued or they just only perform when their backs are against the wall. I mean, we sort of saw that, and going back all the way to the group stages at the beginning of the year of the Champions League, we sort of left that till the last day. Uh, you know, the, the the tie with Roma went down to the last minutes. You know, and then now here we are. We're going into the final week of the of the Premier League, trying to get top four. So. I hope that's just what it is, and we need to have our backs against the wall to really perform at our optimum. And you know, we've got two games left. Thankfully, that uh, you know, if you want to look at the bright side of things, we've got two games left that are must win. So,
1: and John, I let you have your say on, on the discussion that we're we're having right now on fatigue and uh, you know squad depth.
0: It's a really difficult one. We've had such a phenomenal season. Um, I mean, it's been an amazing an amazing journey. Mm. it 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 does feel though it has felt in recent weeks as if our our league form has has really tailed off i don't know i don't know if it's a case of experience we've got such a young squad okay you've got milner you've got jordan henderson who've played finals some of the squad have made it through against um uh, you know in, in the europa final they've got far but this is a whole different bag of <laughs> bag of football mm. getting to the champions league it's, a, it's John, diff- can i ask
1: you something can you draw par- parallels from the 05 season cuz we weren't great in that either and we missed out on champions league football and we had some really really disappointing results
0: yeah do i see a parallel there um
1: not as obviously not as stark because i think we were like collectively pretty Pretty inconsistent all the way through that season, if I recall correctly.
0: We Raptors' first we, season, etc. Yeah, cetera. we we were, but we had a hard edge. I, I think mm. the thing the, the difference is that we're looking, we use you you know we join the dots up about history. We we make the story looking back, you know, mm. because we know we know the outcome. And I think in many respects, we talk about how bad we were that season to embellish the 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 victory the final to make it even even greater than it actually was we were a good side under Rafa we were a good side under Hulier and um and 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 Rafa inherits a very very strong spine he's got some players there of course that everyone talks about not being being great um but th- there were moments of magic there that turned things uh, I felt though that we had that there were more of the kind of players. We're a more even squad now. I would say that that the Klopp has got a squad to go on and challenge for the title next season. Benitez didn't have a, a squad to to challenge for the the title after winning the Champions League. So I, I mean, I think Benitez is playing with a weaker squad, um, definitely. Um, but yeah, there are there are there are there are similarities there, but we have really really run out of steam. Uh, we hadn't run out of steam under under Rafa in 2005. We were just inconsistent all the way through Uh, and I think, you know, since January under Klopp, we've been outstanding. It's only in the last, what, three, four, since Everton that we've really, really, we've looked not not lazy, slapdash. There's not the fight, there's not the Mm. momentum there. That's what, I think that's why Klopp's getting so frustrated as well. Uh, I was quite he was animated last weekend, but today he seemed really, really furious. You know, he was mm. really losing it today. And I, I wonder if it's because uh, a, a a lack of, or, or, although Cressy talked about the side actually playing better today, and I think they did, they didn't look like they were up for it. And no, no point did I feel after Chelsea got ahead that we were going to get back into it so it's a it's the last
1: 10 minutes or 20 minutes where there was a bit of urgency i thought
0: yeah Yeah. i don't know if that urgency was more from us the fans you know i was keeping an eye on twitter i didn't really Mm. see much urgency i saw urgency from Klopp. i saw urgency from jordan henderson and I saw some urgency from uh from Firmino, uh, Firmino and 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 manet, but I really felt that the the play coming through to the forwards was very very poor. There was a lack of yeah. urgency there, and I think that the front three will be feeling very let down by the uh the 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 the, 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 the other the other players because there was just no there was just no delivery
2: yeah and when you saw early on Salah trying to draw penalties which is something that he regularly doesn't do and we've almost been critical of him to an extent of not trying to draw penalties throughout the season and then you see him doing that a couple a couple of times uh that, that was not that was not a good indicator for me
1: No, not for me either. Um, Kressy, I'm going to come back to you. You've heard what the lads have said about your discussion points there. I'll let you have the final word and then I will let you get back to being fun and positive.
3: (laughs) I wonder, I I think their points are well taken, excellent points. The midfield did show a general lack of ambition. Um, You would notice that when Hendo came on he spent quite a bit of time playing the number eight rather than number six, which I, again I think was a good idea. Given our resources, I agree that Clark did well overall in his substitutions. I wanted to know if anybody knows definitively who we're in for, because it seems like the likes of Georgina and Ruben Neves would be perfect. It would probably show, you know, Genia and Hendo a thing or two, because the passing can be so negative. I know we're trying to be we're trying to be um, controlling in the game and so on but when you one nil down you want somebody to look up and thread a pass. Mm. And I will mention again because I saw him play yesterday that the king in terms of packing stats, the man who will thread a pass through the midfield even if you give him a one millimetre hole is a left footed um French defender that Klopp got rid of. And to this day, it's the only thing that Klopp has done that I, that I, I just can't believe. Cause you'll notice Van mm. Dyke likes to go around the sides occasionally he will float a lovely ball to the right back. But he doesn't put the ball down the middle. He doesn't do it. It was Sarko, was the only one who would find Coutinho easily. And I it, that does bother me, but that's the Liverpool we have now, and there's nobody who can play those passes. Does anybody, I'm, I'm putting this out to the panel, last time we got a list from, I think, Melissa, a nice list about, you know, we wanted Salah, we wanted Van Dijk, and we, we, um uh, what's his name? Ox was uh, was uh, luxury signing, and the list was complete and accurate. I'm hearing nothing now. Does anybody know what's happening there?
1: I absolutely know nothing. All I know is next season we definitely have navigator.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, which will make a huge difference. That will make a huge difference because I was going to say
2: say, it it was right. It was right around this time that that those names came out last year and. uh, you know, so let's wait and see. I mean, the ones that seem to be, you know, all the usual ITKs are Nabil certain. Are, are,
1: are, quote, quote
2: unquote, TK. they're quote unquote certain about is uh, is and, and Madison and Neves, right? So, and uh, think,
1: yeah. what about what about Nabil Fecker?
2: Yeah, I've heard some
3: whisperings of him in the past, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, but I ain't believing till he's leaning. I've learnt the
3: hard <laughs> Yes, as as we all have. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm generally optimistic. But it would be nice for somebody playing Winaldon's position, for instance, to actually thread the ball through. Because um, you get, you know, you have people like Firmino to receive it. it. It will work out if you do it occasionally. It's just not done. Not done.
2: Yeah, I think from a from an ownership perspective. I'm sure they'd like to not repeat that with all all of our transfer lists uh, leaking out because that ended up being pretty expensive. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So so if they could could avoid that, I'm sure they would.
1: Absolutely. Well, um, Kwesi, thank you so much for your call.
3: Yes, it was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And have a lovely week, all of you. You too. Stay
1: positive, my friend.
3: All right, right, will do. Bye-bye
1: now. Bye. Okay, so that was our only caller, Cressy Davis. All my listeners, I think we should start an online campaign and get that man on Twitter. We could really deal with some of his positivity, uh, certainly on, on social media. Now it's just myself, John, and Adam and we're just going to discuss the game, see where it takes us. I don't think us really want to do it, but we have to. So, uh, John, I'll come to you first. Uh, th- Again, we we had a discussion with Quessy. It kind of went everywhere. I'm going to focus on the attack now with with you, and of course, I'll come to Adam with this as well. Marsala and um, certainly has been looking a little off recently, and um, I, and I think you know we we touched on something—the fact that. The ball hasn't been, you know, coming to him all that great. I don't think the supply's been great. I also feel like he's much, much more effective at wide, where he collects the ball and runs at players. But he does look absolutely spent. On the other hand, Sadio Mane, a player that I think has had a little bit of criticism all season, people saying he's not the same player that he was from the previous one. In these games, certainly against Roma and today, for me, he was a bright spark. I want to get your thoughts on, on the contrast between the two players recently.
0: First and foremost, you know, within the context of the season, we have to say, you know, Mo Salah, absolutely phenomenal. You know, I have been so, so impressed and so enjoyed the, the way that he's played. Smile on his face. Such, such a great finisher. But he's been woeful the last three weeks. He looks shorn of confidence. His touch seems to be about a second slower than it was prior to to that it, it's almost like uh, harry kane has got in his head with protesting demanding that that goal was awarded to him it's it's almost like everything has got too much I, I mean i'm psychologizing here but but i really feel that that it's just gone past the point of of being you know it was cooking for mo it was fantastic and and, and it's just not happening for him there was a bit today When, um, in the second half, I think it's about 10 minutes to go. The ball's played into him. I think Bobby gets the ball to him. And I think finally, this is most chance. Um, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's not even a half chance, but it's a chance. You, you could, you could see that in previous weeks, earlier in the season, he'd made, he dropped that shoulder. He'd got past his man. He'd, he'd done the shimmy, the chamois and out of nowhere got the goal. And I, I, He had that kind of opportunity and the, 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 his shoelaces kind of got in the way and he tripped over and the chance went. It's not happening for him. I, I really, really hope, I hope, you know, more than anything that the Champions League, Liverpool win the Champions League and that we qualify for the Champions League so that Mo Salah's season is remembered because without a trophy, it will, you know the discourse will be the things that liverpool threw away yeah. and i think and i think i think winning the champions league if you're listening <laughs> liverpool football club go do it for mo because he's really really got us in a fantastic position but it's not it's not happening right now mane was was brilliant today he was the he was one of the outstanding players first half i felt he had he was getting he was strong he looked stronger physically than he did last season uh he was he's really really come on i feel that it works best for him playing through the middle um of course bobby's better there too uh but but he there were times where he was moving himself into the middle uh picking up through balls both from salah and from um milner and uh and Firmino. Uh, he just couldn't finish it he's been finishing you know he's been fantastic of late he's also squandered some great opportunities but um I'm not going to knock Mane today either. Uh, Chelsea were good. They got the rub of the green. They 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 had bits of luck. On another day, Liverpool would have scored three goals.
1: Mm. Absolutely. And Adam, I'm going to come to you. I mean, we could sit here and say, oh, uh, you know, Marcela. And I think, uh, again, John makes some excellent points. That the season that he's had, he deserves a trophy. You know, he is getting so much attention and so much hype, and rightly so. Um, I think. You know, you got to give credit to Chelsea as well because they just didn't give our front men any space whatsoever.
2: Absolutely, yeah. You know, it's it's the first match in a few weeks now uh, where we're we didn't play a team that either had an Egyptian in the squad or uh, Salah's former team Roma, obviously. So uh, that apparently wasn't the problem. He wasn't just not scoring because he felt bad. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's got he's got guys draped all over him. And I think in that situation, we either have to do a better job schematically, and we have to get him the ball while he's on the move, rather than where he's posting up somebody who's bigger than them, or the players that are surrounding him have to take more advantage. Um, you know, I think Mane certainly is doing his best to take advantage of that. He's been outstanding in the in the Champions League, and he had a few chances but that Courtois sort of ate up tonight or today. But, um, you know, I don't think Bobby is really doing enough. I know that's also sort of like blasphemy to say, but uh, these last couple of games that he seems either tired or carrying an injury or something recently as well. Um, he's still putting in the work, but it's just it sort of reminds me of that sort of September run where we had uh the Man City and the uh, Leicester losses uh, sandwiched around a couple of draws and he seems out of place. And, uh, he just doesn't seem at it the last couple of games either on the, on the attacking side of things. So <laughs> wait, there's no, there's no answer. You know, you know, we're not going to bench guys for Solanke or something. So, you know, I, I, speaking of Solanke, I thought he had a couple of nice chances, but it just, you know, he hasn't played all that much and it just seemed like there was a couple of moments where he had a couple of just tiny windows of maybe there was a chance there where he could have, he was like holding up the ball in the box and he could have spun and done something and he just wasn't quite quick enough in terms of his decision making and then he had a couple of headers that were close but didn't quite get there. You know, he's somebody who I have really high hopes for but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if the performances have been there enough to match what our ambitions are going to be for the for the coming season. You know, he's got Klopp for a manager, and he's if anybody was going to not send him on loan and keep him with the team because he does all the uh, sort of mean, discuss, work off the ball, then...
1: Yeah, let's, dis- let's discuss Solanke, because I feel, and I should not do this, but I think we all do it. I went onto Twitter whilst the game was on, and he was getting absolutely blasted and I think, yeah, you know what? He's not scored all, all season in the league. I, I admit that. You know, he, he had a couple of good chances in this game. I admit that. But, you know, let's not forget he is he's very young. I, I believe probably about 19 years old, I'd say. 18, 19. He's not old at all. And uh, he's a child. And he's not had an awful lot of game time. And, you know, you you sat there and you're getting frustrated at a, a child for not doing what the seniors are meant to be doing. You can be frustrated, but, you know, people calling him things like dog shy and horse shy and this and that. And it's just like, oh, my God, please stop.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I don't know what else he can do from the amount of experience that he has. You know, he's doing all the right things off the ball. Mm. And today, at least, he took a lot of decent chances. The the last header that he had, I mean, the guy – I don't know if it was Ruger. He got crashes into him yeah, at the at the same time as he was uh, getting his hand on the ball. So, you know, that it it is what it is. It's been a, obviously sort of a frustrating season for him. I don't know. I'm sure he's put away a few goals in the under-23s, but in terms of his time in the senior team, uh, you know, I'm sure he'd like to have a few of those minutes back.
1: Absolutely. Um, and you know what, John, I'm going to come back to you. And I think another thing, this is another sort of... Um, a measure for me in terms of how good or how bad Liverpool are. Robo had a pretty bad game today. And that tells you everything possibly you need to know about a Liverpool performance. If he's having an off day...
0: Yeah, he didn't look good today, did he? Mm. He made, made some very, very poor decisions. I don't know that they were they were knocking balls into the back post there there was one that he chested out for a corner there was one that he kicked out for a a corner clearance he I think he was trying to play safe but going forward he he got into a really good position on in the first half and then whipped in the most atrocious cross. So it was very, very disappointing. But these guys are young, Solanke's young, Robos we build them up. There was a lot of criticism about Trent today, you know, everyone saying he's you know it's yeah. time for him to rest, etc, etc. Mm. These guys are young guys who've had a phenomenal season. And maybe we need to, you know, just remind ourselves that we are in a final. These young, inexperienced guys have really got us somewhere special. Let's get behind them but of course we want perfection so we're going to nitpick um, and, and, and losing again we're on a bad run we're going to struggle. I think I think Klopp, Klopp has to rally the troops. The fans have to rally each other. We've got to get behind the club. We don't want to be going into a European final uh, not having qualified for the Champions League, not getting a result against Brighton. Everyone will love love Liverpool slipping on a banana skin. We have to get we we have to get ourselves out of this. And I think that comes from the manager and the fans getting behind getting behind the uh, the, the team.
1: Absolutely. I mean, guys, I want to come to both of you now. And I think, you know what, you kind of, it's so bizarre, right? Because we've got a Champions League final. We're still pretty much in the driving seat in the sense that, you know, we've got two lives. You, you you beat Brighton and you beat Real Madrid. And both of those will secure your Champions League football and get you a fucking trophy, the best one that you can possibly get at club level, right? But this really kind of deflated me because when you, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on this because I'm sat here like this, The Champions League game for me is do or die. You know, it, there, it's a final. There's a cup. There's a trophy, the biggest one. And all you had to do was get a draw and be a bit disciplined. You know, if, you know, just do everything you possibly can to ensure that Chelsea don't get the upper hand. And now we're leaving it to the last game of the season where we've got to play our best players again with the thin bear squad. And then you've got two weeks for the Champions League final. Like it's just, I don't know, like, my stress levels get risen by shit like this. And I wish Liverpool wouldn't do it. I just wish we were a bit more of a disciplined, a bit more of a measured side that knew how to do things, how to see out a game, to be a little bit boring sometimes, to be a bit dull. You know what? If that finished nil-nil and we played diarrhea equivalent of football, I'm happy.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I I just think it's it's not the ending of the season that the some of the performances have deserved right i mean are we just the excitement that this season has given everybody you wouldn't expect us to be sitting in a situation where we're hoping for top 4 i don't know there's there's trends that we have to break right there's there's trends that are coming off of the last few games in terms of Salah looking off of it and Mane being the main man and that's great if Mane can score but we can't put it all on him as well. Not being able to handle um, physical strikers seems to be a problem and, you know, I don't know, if, if you're the Real Madrid front line, if you're Karim Benzema and you're watching these games and you're watching Zeko handle our back line and you're watching Giroud score against us with Van Dijk, not reacting fantastically neither neither did Lavren, i guess but you know it's like sort of sort of like when you come into a room and uh you know that there's been a fight, or you know that there's been a problem with your kids you're gonna blame the older one and, and van dyke is the sort of like the more responsible brother of the two and uh when that druid goal went in he just sort of sometimes he just seems like a little bit maybe too calm for me I'm not, I'm not sure but uh maybe that's just asking too much because it's sort of like his calmness that has tied everything together since january but um yeah i don't know we got to fix it we got to fix Salah being on the periphery we got to fix whatever's going on with the back line not being able to defend against these physical strikers because real is going to bring it and, and we, we better be ready
0: I I I he- gotta <laughs> like I say, I hear your pain, Nina. Uh, I I really do. But but I think you know. Let's put it into. I don't want to put not perspective, but to sort of think it through. He, we are a club who, you know, just a, a few short years ago, were very very close to administration. We've had a young, inexperienced manager take us very close to the title. Mm-hmm. We've had the the Hodgson period, and 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 Klopp has come in, and 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 he's done you know a fantastic job. It's been really exciting. It's exciting football, mm. but but fo the story of football is not going our you know everything doesn't go our own way. You know we live well, in my 17th...
1: theme tune suggests it does <laughs>
0: No and I I and I I I think Nina. Um, you were the first person that I heard talk up Jurgen Klopp uh, back in the early days when I first when I was at first listening to the Anfield Index pods. You know, who is this Jurgen Klopp that, that, that Nina that say it keeps yelling at gags about? And... Um, I I have become a a big Klopp fan. I've always had a very very hefty dose of skepticism about him because I think uh it, he has been too emotional. I think when when in the Euro, Euro, Europa Cup he turns to the audience and tries to get the audience the the, the fans to get behind the to, to make the change rather than to be strategic. That for me was like uh, he's Achilles heel. This season he's shown me that he can get us you know, to the final and not just on passion and running and, and hard play alone. I think there's been some fantastic strategy there. But this is what happens when we have a, a relatively thin squad. We, you know, we, we get to a great position and boy. Lalana Ox, I think it's Ox that we're really, really missing. If we had Oxley Chamberlain, he would have been the difference today. That one more player of absolute quality. Is there someone in the in you know around the squad that can can come storming in with some fitness? Give us. Twenty minutes, forty minutes to make a difference. I think that will haul us over the line, both against Bir- uh, Brighton and uh, against Real Madrid, because I think we can do a job against Real Madrid quite early on. But whether we've got the legs with our squad for the full ninety, mm. it's going to be really tough. Um, that's 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 what I'm. I was thinking today is, you know, where's Emre uh, Is has Lallana got a moment? Is Danny Ing's going to finally click and, and is that going to be the big story of the, the year? You know, Danny Ing's saving, you know, what a, what a, a schoolboy story that would be kind of thing. But, but I feel that Klopp's, Klopp's got us somewhere absolutely magical. The potential of it, it's. This is Liverpool Football Club. It, we could fall on our faces, and it could be the most woeful serial failure out there, or it could be the most glorious year. I mean, that's 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 following Liverpool. That's
2: right. just the way it has to be, right yeah.
0: yeah. Otherwise, you'd be. Otherwise, we'd be. You know, we'd be. We'd be plastic fans, basically.
1: We would absolutely. And you know what? It's a good job that Brighton are safe. Thank you, Manchester United. Never thought you might be doing us a favour, but here we are thanking you. So hopefully that eases some pressure. And, you know, I think, you know, again, some excellent points have been made. The fact that, you know, uh, the likes of Karen Benzema will be looking at our defence and, you know, with our strikers not scoring as well so we, at the moment. And I believe um, it's the first time we've not scored consecutive, in consecutive games since 2015, Under you know, since Brendan Rodgers. So, you know, it's been a long time since we've had you know, we've not scored in two games back to back. It's um, certainly in the league. I mean, that in itself is a question, guys. Um, it's really hard. And I know you guys really don't want to discuss this game. I don't want to really discuss this game. It's one of those that you want to forget as quick as you can and move forward to the next one. i got to ask you, you know, some big news hit Liverpool Football Club, certainly in my opinion anyway, with regards to, you know, Jurgen Klopp and the coach. You know, you guys know I love him and I big him up. But I think the Buvach stuff could not have happened at like the worst possible time as well because I think in situations like this, and there are some crunch games now, two big crunch games. He needs his his main guy.
2: Absolutely. So please,
1: I want I want to get your thoughts on that because I think that it's it's a it affects and it's affecting Jurgen Klopp. I mean, sometimes maybe Jurgen Klopp is be thinking, oh, you know what, I'm going to make that sub, and then Buvach will come over to him and say, no, don't do this, do it like this, you know, just that. That
2: soundboard, and I think he's really missing that. Yeah, for for me, uh, you know, I I don't want to overrate the Bubach thing. I think Klopp tends to give everybody around him, he's such a great guy that he tends to give everybody around him compliments to the point where people think that everybody around him are, are, are geniuses and that maybe Klopp depends on all of them. You know, I don't think that's the case. I think. I think Klopp's pretty damn smart. I've had plenty of criticism for him throughout the year on just a lot of the little things that he does in terms of late subs and whatever. But today, I thought the tactics were spot on. It's just he didn't get the performance out of the players. I don't know if Bubac would have made a difference on that. And then if you want to – really, if if you believe the news clippings, what happened was that Bubac didn't tell Klopp that he was – Seeking out different positions, and Klopp found out about it from his Dortmund people, and he just said, You gotta go. And uh, you know, we sort of saw, uh, Questi mentioned Sacco, it's sort of a t- similar thing, you know, if you sort of get on the wrong side of Klopp, then that's it, you're out.
1: That's why um, I fucking love him, you know, he's, he's yeah. a bit ruthless like that. You will not shit on me, you will not deceive me. I think he's been watching too much Godfather. There's another film that I think Jurgen Klopp is a fan of.
2: Yep. And, <laughs> You know, I don't know how much control uh, Gerard had about the timing of the announcement with Rangers and stuff like that. I know he's not like a first team coach, but, you know, at the same time, he probably if you would have laid it out perfectly, you wouldn't want to be drawing attention away from the from the team that's going for a run at the Champions League final. So there's a lot of like weird stuff going on in the periphery around the club, but that's sort of. I remember in January with like the Flanagan stuff and there was rumors about Klein and there was all this other nonsense going on at the same time. I mean, the the club has had drama going on on a fairly consistent basis. It's more like the exception when there isn't (laughs) drama happening. I mean, look at the Coutinho stuff, everything. I mean, we've been through it this year. Um, (laughs) It's sort of been exhausting, but uh, here we are, you know, going for a final and hopefully going for a top four as well. So, I don't think Klopp depends on Bouvac. I hope that that's not a distraction. I think that tactically, these players, all they need at this point is just to be shown sort of like, you know, here's a a similar team and a similar way that we attacked the situation earlier in the year. Can we do it again? Yes, no. You know, that should be it at this point. These guys are professionals. I know some of them are young, but they've all had tons of minutes this season, and they should be ready for just about anything. I think it's just that they're having physical issues at this point doing the kind of running that we've been accustomed to earlier in the year and the distance numbers for some of them might be there but that's not the same as pressing effectively I know Gags and the UP guys would would be able to sort of analyze that better than me but you know I think we're seeing like more running for distance rather than running for effective pressing from just my eyeball
1: interesting points I mean for me, I always thought, oh, the manager, the manager does everything. And then the Rafa, Rafa Paco thing happened, and I think Rafa wasn't quite the same coach that he was when he had Paco. And I mean, just to sort of, um, John, I will come to you I mean like, I want to get your thoughts on how important is, um, you know, a number two, uh, you know, your, your coaching staff? Because I remember watching the drills in in America, and Buvat, is his his whole coaching team is really hands on. You know, their barking orders at the players, they, they are very, very much part of the whole coaching system. They're not just stood there like yes men. They are very, very hands-on. And and I feel like the players certainly have a good relationship with the coaching staff as well. And even when we're at Anfield, you, you see Buvach there, you know, barking orders, screaming, effing and jeffing. He's there. He's like Klopp number two, just as crazy.
0: I think I, I think the whole thing has been. It's really unfortunate, really, really unfortunate. I, I, I can't imagine. I, I, I think no, no, no matter what it was. If it's a family illness, if it's a family yes. illness, then I understand it. Anything else? Agreed. I think I, I think I, I think I'm saying to him, we have to put this aside. We are both. At right at the the almost of achieving one of the pinnacle things that we could achieve in our careers, it's only a month. You know, we get through it. I I, I just can't believe it, and it really, really does. I, I'm sure if it's a family matter, if it's something private, then I'm sure that the the guys are all trying to to win 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 it for for Bubac to to make a statement. They'll know how much he's been a big part of this. If it's anything else. They will. it will have unsettled the organisation. Liverpool is an organisation, absolutely. There will be gossip, there will be, you know, and if they've been told for reasons, blah, 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 he's doing this, no matter what, there's going to be some kind, of, some kind of effect. I think it's deeply, deeply worrying that this happened. I just hope that we've got enough spirit and skill and luck to get us over the line.
1: I'm with you and for what it's worth, I I know there's been a lot of rumours that he's been linked to X job, that job, they, that they've had fights and stuff. But I'm kind of with you, John, in the sense of thinking that it is a serious matter, um, a, a private matter that needs him to be away from the club. Because I don't care, no matter how much you might dislike someone or you might not get on, like you said, they are on the cusp of making, doing something brilliant and making history. Don't cut your noses about your face. Same maybe, it's a, mine.
2: maybe it's some combination. Maybe he wants to go back to coaching in Germany because he wants to be closer to his family. Uh, just just sort of spitballing, but it could be some combination of the two.
1: Possibly. I mean, again, we'll we'll never know. And to me, the only thing that logically makes sense is the simple fact that it's very, very. Uh, we we are at the end of the season. There is no point of you. So, if he was going to leave for those for those reasons, just wait three games. You would think so, sense. but that's,
2: that's that's just not Liverpool, right?
1: No, you know what? You're right. It's it's a fucking soap opera in itself, right, guys? You know what? I think we have discussed this game at length. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I mean, is there any last final thoughts that you want to share? get off your chest, this is therapy. Once we discuss the game, we don't talk about it again on the Nina Carter show, it is done. Closure. So you know what, I'm going to give you the floor. John, is there anything you want to get off your chest about this game before we move forward?
0: No, not. Uh, the only thing I really want to say is this is following Liverpool, that there will always be highs, there will be lows. And right now, today, this is a low and thank thank goodness we've got the potential of a really really big high just around around the corner.
1: This is Very, very, very true. And it actually does feel quite strange that it's the last game of the season next week and there's everything to play for and there's two games that's So, you know what? There is that positive. Usually, our season's over by fucking April, let's be honest. That's just the Liverpool way, you know? <laughs> uh, Adam, I'm going to come to you. Actually, before I come to you, my highlight of the game was Antonio Conte wearing an all blue, blue tracksuit, looking like a skinny, tinky-winky. I, I may have giggled at that a little bit too much, <laughs> but I'm really, really immature. So, we're going to move past that. Adam, bring some sense back to the pod.
2: Yeah, I'd say... Uh... My big positive from the match is just uh, being able to hear the away supporters drown out the Chelsea supporters. In the beginning of the match, I could, you could hear like they, the Chelsea supporters started in with the Steven Gerrard song, and then the, the our away supporters were drowning them out with the Ale 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 and the Mosala down the wing and everything else. So, so that was that was fun to hear in the beginning when it seemed like we had things maybe under control for a minute there.
1: I like that. Two very very good shouts. From my two very, very intelligent contributors on the Nina Kauza show. But my, I'm the toilet here. I'm just stupid. It's what I do. Gotta amuse myself. Right, guys, it's really hard. And I I can't believe I'm asking you this. But is there a shout for Man of the Match? There was one player that actually really stood out for me in a really, really positive light. I'm thinking if you guys are thinking the same.
2: Yeah, I'll go first. I just, I think Mane has been... Yes. One of our strongest <laughs> players for yeah. for a few games running now. I mean, it's basically. I think Mane and Carius have been our strongest players if you took like maybe the last few weeks of performances. So
0: yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly, I, exactly. They were they they were the names that I had down too.
1: Yep, great minds. That's exactly what I was thinking. I thought, yeah, Mane. Uh, I think Mane gets mine as well. So, guys, that is the end of the Nina cards. show a huge thank you to Quesy who came on despite that horrible horrible result still came on still spoke to us a massive thank you to these two awesome gents who took time out to speak about that shit sandwich that we just witnessed but guys before you go is there anything you'd like to plug john i'll come to you first
0: uh yep please if you'd like to be a guest on the in focus podcast you'd like to chat to me why not hit me up on twitter at john buskell j-o-n-b-u-s-c-a-double-l i'd like to get some new voices on the show so if there's someone who'd like to come and talk liverpool on my podcast just reach out to me
1: i urge everyone to do it i've been on in focus it is such a good way to be candid about how you became a liverpool supporter your journey everything It is incredible There have been so many incredible stories being shared on that podcast and views and opinions on Liverpool Football Club. So do listen to it. And if you want to have your say, contact John. You won't find a better host for that pod. I definitely, definitely urge everyone to go and check that out. And Adam, what about yourself? I know you're always busy as well.
2: Yeah, my last article was called uh, Liverpool Refused to Do It the Easy Way.
1: So fucking, hell <laughs> please tweet that. <laughs>
2: and, uh, I don't know. I'm sure I'm, I'll have an article or two out this week as well. So check that out.
1: Absolutely, do check out Adam's work. It's all on Anfield Index. Also, he is a a regular contributor on the Writers Podcast. It's always great to listen to his opinions and thoughts on Liverpool Football Club and discussing his articles as well. Check both of these two guys out and their work. A massive thank you to you, dear listener, for listening. I know it's been tough, but like the guys have said, there's two massive games. The season isn't over. So stay positive. We can do this. We got this. Till next time, up the Reds. Podcast
0: Network.